Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Save big money in your next project with help from Menards. Move water where you need it quickly with a Barracuda sump pump. Sump pumps keep your basement dry when big storms hit unexpectedly. Get a half-horsepower cast iron Barracuda sump pump on sale now through May 5th. Hurry into Menards and don't forget to check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Hello and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, a podcast against shame. I hope you're well and I hope you're ready to hear the most beautiful speaking voice that I've had on this show so far. And of course, it's not mine. It is the voice of Monica Martin, who also happens to be, in my opinion, the most beautiful singer of our generation. I can't get over her voice. It's just all I listen to now. I uh, knew her first as a singer and then she became my friend and then she became my confidant and just gives me very wholesome, honest and beautifully put advice. So I figured she would be brilliant to help me answer some of your questions. So I put the call out and I asked you for questions about literally anything you want to talk about. And you sent in some great ones and some very deep and meaningful ones. Ones about hope, ones about fear, ones about vulnerability, ones about mental health. And we did our best to tackle them all as honestly and integrally as we could. And I'd love to hear what you think. And I'd love to hear if you enjoy episodes like this and if you found this helpful. Please, please, please go and follow Monica Martin online. She's really funny. Her shows are the best and her music is so beautiful. She herself has struggled with her mental health a lot of her life and sings about it in the most stunningly relatable and unique way. I'm totally obsessed. I can't believe she's on the podcast and I can't wait for you to meet her. This is Ask Me Anything with Jamila Jamil and more importantly, Monica Martin. Oh, also, just want to warn you that there is a mention of suicide in this episode, so if you're not ready to hear that, then absolutely feel free to skip this one. Monica fucking Martin, welcome to Iway. How are you? Hey, beach. I'm good. I'm good. This is going to happen. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. And when you say this, you mean your beautiful cat, Shishi, yes. jumping all Shishi's over you throughout. Cat. Yeah. She's very sweet. I oh, know, she's... but it's animals interrupting our Zooms has been, I think, my favorite part of the pandemic. I mean, they've also been such healing presences for so many mm-hmm. people that I don't know, I could never really be mad at her. No, they deserve their screen time. I think yeah, is a more honestly. appropriate way of putting it. Like these, not all heroes wear capes. Right. In fact, I was a lot of them don't have hair. I was just trying to loop in, Jimmy, because you're right here. <laughs> She's listening. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so I asked you to come here because I was sent in a lot of questions by our listeners and I don't feel equipped to answer them all by myself. Mm-hmm. And for these episodes, I only ever ask people who I genuinely turn to for advice myself and you are oh, one of those sure. people. We've only been friends for a few years, but it was sort of instant sisterhood with us mm. and yeah. I um I love and fear you at the same time which is exactly the balance I have I like to have with all of my best friends <laughs> same honestly same it's 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 nice to be seen but it's also scary to finally be seen and in, in, I don't know yeah being at multiple intersections where there's relatability with you it's been really nice I do cherish it and I'm grateful yeah. that I'm here today I'll do my best it's also it's also nice to fear someone because I feel as though because of our height and our stature and then our boldness, uh, sometimes people find us intimidating. And so for us to be intimidated by each other is actually quite refreshing. Yeah, it's it's nice. We deserve that feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's also I also I just want to I want to let it be known. I will always turn that turn that power into what am i saying i just uh you're trying to say that you love me that's what i'm picking yeah, up from this I, it was oh. it was gonna be like I'll, I'll protect you and i'll just tackle i want you to know that i, I would never i never tackle you oh i have no doubt monica you are the only person i want with me if the apocalypse <laughs> the apocalypse hits like sorry james but <laughs> i need you <laughs> Um, uh, ready. I've got my bat. You already know. Yeah. So. All right. So we've got a shitload of questions and we have a lot to get through. So are okay. you ready? I'll do my best. Yes. Let's okay. do it. Well, then this is Ask Me Anything with Jamila and Monica. Okay. So the first one is my friend says it's okay to joke about things that are very serious, such as crimes and just bad things in general, as long as you joke about them to people it doesn't really affect. Like it's not something they're going to get upset about. I think it's still not right, but he says he takes those things seriously otherwise. Do you think it's possible to joke about something, although you take it seriously in other contexts? I don't personally think that those things are anything to joke about. Okay. Hmm. I'm just, I'll jump in. Shall I just yeah, jump in please, first? Because it feels I... like a scary one, right? Um, no, I, I mean... I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, right? This is a this is a podcast about well-being, however you get to that thing. Um I'm personally pro uh, extremely dark jokes in private uh, where it cannot hurt or harm anyone in the vicinity. Uh, I've had a devastatingly dark life and I don't think I'd still be alive if I hadn't learned how to laugh at those things and and how to laugh at darkness in and of itself because otherwise I'd just be afraid all the time. There is something about humour that can destabilise something scary and uh, demystify it, destigmatize it to you. And so why I totally feel you, if you are someone who feels hypersensitive to those things, uh, I personally believe if someone else can't hear it, it can't hurt them. Mm. And we shouldn't get too far into thought policing. I I think humour can be extremely helpful uh, in such a traumatic world. Maybe I'm just an arsehole, but so be it. No, I'm I'm feeling what you're saying. And also it's... It's hard. I wish I could like glean more from from the question, because mm-hmm. sometimes you know I come from a rural rural space in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Like it can be hurtful to see 
say like one of my white friends in front of at a family affair and they totally regress or they omit Mm -hmm. their progressive thinking and I feel that and they'll make a joke about this or that where I'm like it seems harmless to you but you're actually perpetuating like a bad thought about something or a stereotype or something like that so it seems harmless because everyone gets the joke in that space but it's hard maybe like uh it's hard when when there are breezy opportunities to just challenge certain things. Like, I don't really know. She says crimes. I mean, I really laugh at so much incredibly dark stuff as well. And Mm -hmm. I don't, but... Yeah, I don't think laughing at... I don't think I would ever laugh at, like, the refugee crisis, for example, or something like that, where where people have their rights being taken away. I literally don't find any humour in that. But, But there are certain things, especially things that I myself have experienced that I have just trained myself probably from a place of trauma to Mm. find a quick way to the dopamine reaction from the laughter rather than the tears. I like, I actively, I'm a very avoidant person. You know, Mm. this, you know me. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I've never done that. Exactly. And so, yes, I, I totally agree. I I think, I, I think don't be a monster, but I also think, I think it's important to just, allow people to entertain their their kind of especially around their own circumstances their own humor around something because I think stifling it doesn't necessarily make it go away I think it would be good for us to all have an outlet for our our bad or our naughty or our like sort of more mischievous thoughts I think bottling them up entirely just makes them ping pong around your brain so whether you have a therapist to talk to or a friend who won't take those things personally or most preferably a journal everyone um (laughs) then I then I think that works but I'm just you know and maybe that's because I work in comedy maybe that's because I Mm. made a a a comedic satire about a lot of the darkest things in the world you know with the good place yeah that's where I stand but it's definitely an interesting one it's definitely subjective Mm. Yeah, I wish I knew more context for within reason I'm I'm, like within reason I'm pro the joke yeah, within reason, I'm pro the joke. Yeah. And also, like, if you really, if it's really, really upsetting to you, or then draw a boundary. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Never in front of anyone who could be mm-hmm. harmed by that joke. Right. Uh, that's not worth it. That's just an attack. Um, okay, so we're moving on. Any advice on going through EMDR? I just started it. Wow. Wait, shall I first quickly explain what EMDR is, if anyone hasn't heard it? It's a type of therapy. It's called eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy. And it is basically a type of therapy that disconnects your thought processes from your feelings, essentially. So memories and thought processes from feelings. It kind of detaches them. So it almost feels like, uh, and I don't want to speak for you, but for me anyway, mm. it felt like those things had happened to someone else. I was able to look at these mm. things before that used to like um, decide every single moment for me. Uh, those things n- now don't like have any... Um, I feel as though I have agency. I get to look at them objectively. I think... Yeah, that's spot on. I think it's when someone has, uh, you know, complex PTSD and something is, is existing in their body, when it comes up, it kind of reverberates in you as if you were 
the child that it happened to, being mm-hmm. able to reprocess it through EMDR, I think is so useful because it changes the bodily response to it, which is so hard to, to do. It's like really fascinating that they... I'd know. say it's almost, impossi- it's almost impossible to do, especially with something as simple as talk therapy. It's so, so, so difficult to be able to stop your inner child from popping up. And oh yeah. And taking the reins. It's like, you don't, you don't know how to drive. No. <laughs> Sit <laughs> down, man. Like, like exactly. you're not the one. So I'm sorry. I, I, cut, I cut you off. No, no, not at all. But, not at all. <laughs> yeah. To be able to reprocess it with like more understanding of like why you were under, undernourished or uh, not your needs weren't met mm-hmm. and being able to I feel like it helps you integrate, but somehow it just does it somatically. I, I, I mean, it, it, I think what's nice, I've spent so much time trying to name these demons that puppeteer my ass, but for people who have had a really traumatic event and they don't know how to unlock the words or even name it for this, themselves, EMDR can be really special because you don't have to use you don't have to use words. You just let your body sort of take you there in, in, in that space. And, um, I would say, I know that's a little bit vague, but I would say if you're going to those appointments, try not to think over and over and over again, because this is my thing, like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. Like there's no way to, to do it wrong. Like you're there and you just let your mind take you down, down the path and trust, trust your therapist. A hundred percent. And I would also say um, something I found very helpful when I had EMDR, I say it saved my life and it's not always the most accessible therapy, but it, it, it is now, you know, increasingly available all over the world. Uh, it saved my life. But um, the, the day of the therapy, I wouldn't book in to do anything. I would book in a day of generally with any therapy, but especially EMDR, like you go <laughs> right to the depths of your scariest and most, most traumatic thoughts. Now, when you do that, they never go times up and send you out of the room. They always use the EMDR technique to make sure that by the time you leave, that feeling that was traumatic and terrifying and made you almost feel like you're going to shit yourself in the chair now feels quite mundane by the time you walk out of there. But still, it is emotionally exhausting to go through that. And so, just take care of you that day be super selfish mm. it could be you know my emdr sessions was on tuesdays i just had super selfish tuesday it doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> but that's how i would describe it <laughs> everyone knew <laughs> to leave me alone and i was going to watch old rom-coms and i was going to eat whatever i wanted as a takeaway just for me and i wasn't going to mm. text anyone back and like, i didn't exist on tuesdays tuesdays yeah. were my day where i was tom hanks and cast away and 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 i would also yeah. i would also just I don't know. I think I, I, I want to be too careful to not project my own experience onto it. But um, I would just say that it's definitely one of the more intensive things to do. And it's um, it's not a slow burn. But for someone who's just really fucking fed up with their old patterns like I was, it is so worth how tough mm-hmm. it is in that mm-hmm. in those few months because within two to three months you find yourself so transformed mm-hmm. that um for me as an impatient lazy woman uh, it was the ideal therapy I was just gonna say I definitely feel more in my body because yeah. a lot of times when I would have an experience that would um take me back I would just fully dissociate and 
you know, if you're, and it can happen, you, you said, um, at the end of the appointment, they'll sort of bring you, they'll bring you back into your body in a way. And yeah, and if that happens, it's, it's okay. That's all I was going to say. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week you just have this complete freedom honestly I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant it's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my word. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Someone says, how can I improve myself so women will look at me romantically and not as a friend? Oh, oh that really speaks to me because I was so friend zoned when I was younger. So mm. I, uh, I really get it. Um, oh, gosh. Were you friend zoned a lot when you were younger or were you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. People will be like, no way. And then I pull one little picture out. I'm like, nice try, fuckers. (laughs) Nice try. And, you know, like, just, like, late blooming in so many ways. And also being, like, a black girl in Wisconsin. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd had several people say say to me, like, you're a little rough around the edges. Or my mom isn't chill. I mean, I can think of three in my head where it was, like, my parents would be chill. But we're not. That's a whole other thing. We're talking about the friend zone thing, which is just, like, oh, it's the worst. And I think it's also... Gosh, women are so terrifying because so much better inherently. Um, that's not sorry. <laughs> Take that as a literal statement. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, um, but like, you have to maybe put yourself in a place to to just assert, right? 
like agreed i was about to say that i was about to say that so if you aren't interested in being someone's friend then at the point at which it becomes clear that they are not romantically attracted to you it is likely it'll be painful for you to continue on a relationship with them and i know a lot of them Mm -hmm. as i have said to people before um no i don't see you that way but i'd love to be friends but i don't know if that's necessarily at least not immediately a good idea for anyone involved because that person still has feelings for you it's going to be difficult for them they're going to have to watch you go on and date other people people there's just an awkward to it there needs to be uh i think a clean break for a while until everyone's had time to process and move on um so don't do the thing where you allow yourself to be friend zoned like you have more agency from that even if it's going to suck being away from that person that you admire so much you've got to go you've got to get away i also think there's something in asking yourself who your choices are are you hanging around with the right people? Are you attracted to the people who are the healthiest for you to be attracted to? Do you need to do a little bit of deep digging? Because I found that it wasn't so much me that changed as the people I surrounded myself mm. with that really impacted my um, ability to have a relationship. But, you know, I didn't have my first kiss till I was 21. I didn't uh, lose my virginity till I was 22. I got a boyfriend around that age. Um and so I didn't really date people uh, before then. And and I think that's partially because I was attracted to the kind of people who wouldn't want me, who actually I didn't have that much in common with. And and I think that's always worth investigating. Maybe it's not you that needs to change. Maybe you just need to alter who you surround yourself with. Right. Like you're never going to be good enough for the wrong person. So make yeah. sure like, you you know, before you are approaching someone that, that they're at least slightly open to receiving that affection yeah. or attention. I also think it's really important. And I, you know, I talk about this in multiple different ways, but we need to uh, address our reaction to rejection. And I wish it could be taught at school from a really young age that we will oh see God. the rejection isn't the end of the world. It just means if, if, a, if someone says no, then they're not the right person for you and therefore it's not a good fit and therefore it's a good thing you have a clear answer. But we look at rejection as so sodden with shame in a yes. way that I find really stressful and really upsetting and responsible for so many of the most unpleasant interactions I've ever had with men oh are because gosh. I've simply yeah. said no in as many excusing ways that I can and as careful an eggshell treading away as I can and it's as though I've just stabbed them in the penis and straight very yeah and it's very straight yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, a supermarket circumcision um but I uh I would love for us to change our attitude to rejection and and, you know I don't I don't know if I'm I should say that but I think it'd be fine I think he's written fucking songs about it but James was very, very direct with me when, when he was sort of courting me for, mm-hmm. for a little while we were friends. And then, uh, once he knew that I was available, he told me he had feelings for me and made it very clear in that same moment that he had no interest in just being my friend. Mm, I put my hat in the ring. Yeah. He, ring. Literally, he literally said the words, <laughs> I'm throwing my yeah. hat in the ring. Yeah. Like that's not just a poetic expression. That lyric right, in the right, song, right. I'll Which come I to. Love. Yeah, that is a a, a document uh, of, <laughs> of our relationship. I um, love just I love that scene. Yeah, and so, so very he, intentional. 
Yeah. And, and no one had ever said that to me before. Mm. A lot of people would say, yeah, yeah, we can be friends. And then would still be trying to date me or have sex with me. Yeah. And always on the back burner of their mind, like just waiting for the opportunity to. Yeah. And so that was actually incredibly refreshing and incredibly attractive for someone just to say straight up, this is my intention and I would have to disappear from your life if that's not how you feel and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And no pressure. <sighs> that's really and, nice. It's and so I, rare. I did appreciate that and I do think we could have a little bit more of that. Uh, regardless of the gender of the person who's saying this, it's mm-hmm. it's important to learn. And, and you know, and I, I also hope, I, I hope it's a woman. I would love to hear of more women uh, asserting themselves and, uh, and that being more acceptable and destigmatized. Mm. I do feel like I hear this a lot. Yeah. Like, what, like, I, and maybe because we are socialized to interact with women, I, to acquiesce and, and watch and be wateful for someone to, I don't know, but, and then you sort of turn it in on another, it's, I don't know. This is very oversimplified here, but. Well, what um, I was going to say is just that I, um, I think it's a shame that women are discouraged socially from being the one to pursue and, and I know a lot of men who would who would quite like to have the pressure taken off. But at the same time, there are also a lot of men who treat a woman as if she's desperate if she does make the first move. Oh, so we I've all alienated just need to have a... so many people. <laughs> <laughs> like just saying. <laughs> just by double texting. It's very oh, easy. Oh, the double text. Yeah. Oh, I'll do the novella text. Okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've even received a few of those from you, <laughs> but I. Uh, but I do think that is something that I I wish that we could just. There are so many so many things that we could deal with at the source, at the genesis of those misunderstandings with kids. To say anyone can approach anyone, and if someone mm-hmm. says no, that's fine. Move on. Eight billion yeah. people and growing in the yeah. world. Yeah. But anyway, it, yeah. If it's that. if it's not a good fit, yeah. It's nice. If it's not a good fit, then it's good to know. Yeah. Um, okay. So how do you hold on to hope? What makes getting up every day possible? Now, why do you have me on for this question? I'm sorry. You know, I <laughs> no, I'm just, no. Okay. Sorry. Can you read it again? I think it's lovely. Okay. <laughs> how do you hold on to hope? That's so hard. It's so hard right now for so many people. Mm-hmm. And we have access to so much information. This cat is killing me right now. But I was about uh, to say, your cat, I think, is one of them. Honestly. Right? Just, having, having pets. Yeah, just pulling in all yeah. of the the existential heat. We take in so much information from every corner of the world. Um, I just have, I have to think of the small stuff locally and close by having great conversations with you, with my close friends, my sister, like, it's, it's hard. A lot of days it's most, a lot of dread, but just chipping away. I, I am afraid this isn't enter- entirely inspiring. I just think it's, you just have to be relentless about choosing to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of like a lie to yourself. I don't, I wish I had a better, I feel like I'm just not even, a, li- sorry, not lie, but. No, it's a huge question. And like, by the way, 70% of the questions were about hope. Mm. Right. Hope is the thing that I think people are most struggling with right now. And yeah. I think that's probably why it's, a, it's it feels hard to even tangibly answer such a massive question. For me, um, the thing that forces me out of bed every day is my dog. Right. I have mm. this little creature that depends on me and it would just 
destroy him if I wasn't there to look after him, right? So on the days where I don't care about myself, I'm always still able to care for mm. the dog. Yeah. And and I feel similarly of the fact that, you know, my my boyfriend and my roommates are the same. And so um, also hilariously, um, uh, one of my roommates said to me uh, that, if I do kill myself, um, which, you know, I have had a previous history of suicidal attempts and suicidal ideation. Sorry, it's like, please. if you, it's like, if, if you kill yourself, we'll, um, we'll just have loads of lad time without you. And he knows that my biggest FOMO is that they have lad time <laughs> and I'm not there because they're three of the funniest people in the world. And I swear to God, during one of the most suicidal moments of my life, he pulled me out with that one sentence. Wow. With and FOMO. So, so Honestly, the idea of missing lad time, if that's something that you know appeals to you, something mm-hmm. that you love doing. I remember the things in my darkest moments that I love that I wouldn't get to do anymore if I wasn't here and if I didn't get out of bed and if I didn't keep going. But then yeah. on, a, on an ultimately very dark note, Monica, because I have a dark brain, I don't know how much hope I necessarily have left anymore. Maybe because mm. I'm tired. And that means generally in the world and so I know that that is an appalling thing to say publicly and for you to hear right now when you need the opposite message but I've found an odd liberation in just going you know I I think we might have gone too far and I think things might actually be fucked and I, I think therefore it is my duty to see as much do as much enjoy as much and witness as much as I can before it all goes away and, and I know that that sounds um, demotivating, but I find it actually the exact opposite. It's yeah. become so untenable. The noise is so untenable mm. and, and everything isn't bad, but it feels fucking terrible because all of the news, like the only news that travels and sells is bad news, right? So we're just pummeled with it. Sure. And I had to do something with my mentality. Otherwise I was just exhausted and bogged down mm-hmm. and going, you know, I think it might actually, I think we're all fucked has made me feel very driven to help who I can, love who I can, tell everyone who matters to me that they matter to me mm, and yeah. and spend each of my days fully, even if that means staying in bed all day watching TV. That is a full day for me, covered in crumbs from great snacks. That's it. Um, yeah. It's made me not want to work as hard. Mm. It's made me not want to like be part of the hustle and the rat race. It's made me want to just in, enjoy this this planet while you know i can so sorry everyone um maybe you've switched off by now <laughs> if anyone's still here <laughs> i could uh, chime in but i think i would just like continue to paint the same the same picture yeah i don't know i don't know it's been oddly yeah. like a release of like right mm. okay well it's bucket it, bucket it time bucket bucket in the same way like since we're all going to die we might as well just like party with our ass out not really i don't like to well Depends on the day. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're moving on. We're moving on. How do you get yourself to want to be kind to yourself when you don't think you deserve it? Like, can you feel your disordered eating coming back, but you don't want to stop it? What an interesting question. You don't want to stop it. Mm. I think the important thing is to not wait until you want to be kind to yourself, considering the inner and outer committee that exists to make us hate ourselves and not love ourselves. And remember, it's driven by capitalism, right? When people feel sad 
or like they're not enough or they're missing something they go out and buy something to Mm. fix what they think is broken or to fill that void I always online shop when I feel dissatisfied or afraid or depressed I do Mm. not shop at all when I feel happy fulfilled and motivated properly so so considering the fact that then everything is under a kind of capitalist structure and everyone and everything is mostly targeted at making us feel like we we aren't enough right now we need more stuff we need more things we need need more skills we need more something we're never taught about gratitude and appreciating what you have now so to expect yourself to want to feel good or to want to look after yourself or be kind to yourself might be a bit too much it kind of goes along with my whole body neutrality I'm not going to tell myself to love my body I'm going to teach myself how to just not think about my body or wait to love my body so with this I would say it doesn't matter if you want to or not you know you have to in order to survive and so if being kind to yourself is a fucking job that is how it's going to have to be until it becomes habit until it becomes muscle memory and then you go forth and you just do it if that eating disorder is coming back and you don't want to stop it, it doesn't matter what you want. You don't always get what you want, all right? <laughs> Life's not fair. You have to do it anyway. I think that's I think that's perfect. The compulsions can be soothing. We know this, but it's short term. So just try to break the pattern as soon as you're feeling it. Come back in, break the pattern and make the other choice and, and just be relentless about it. It's fucking, yeah. it's, it is... I mean, you already said it all. And also be compassionate with yourself. The fact that we're inundated with bullshit that makes us feel like we need to buy, buy, buy and fill, fill, fill and all that. And and don't feel bad about yourself with all the toxic positivity that's being sent your way. Don't feel like, oh, another thing I failed at is that I don't want to get better. Like, it's okay. Mm. It's okay. You're only fucking human. It's really, really hard. And the path of least resistance is often the path that's going to take you back into your worst habits. And I say this as myself, and I I feel relatively safe in saying that you and I both have quite self-sabotaging streaks. Absolutely. We've bonded over that. And so we know how easy it is to slip, but it's so fucking worth it in the end to just do it anyway, just to fucking fight those demons anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, Vulnerability check. Uh, this morning I was showering and I was thinking about this producer I've been meaning to reach out to who the line is open, wants me to reach out and I keep not doing it. And I'm like, and then I find myself saying over and over and over again, fucking coward, fucking coward, fucking coward. You, and then you have to sort of remember we have a skewed sense. Our, our frame of reference is totally skewed by whether it be complex PTSD or BPD or body every, dysmorphia, all the, any of body dysmorphia and everything we, we take in on a daily basis, messaging. And just be like, okay, everything's a damn lie. And then it feels corny. It, feel, it feels like something like it's hard to shake cynicism when it's been a part of you for so long. It's hard when you're like someone who identified like, as like Daria for so, so long. This is mm-hmm. a cartoon. I'm old. But um, but then I just said all the things that I know are true, even if I can't feel it in my body. Like, you're doing great. You're strong. Like, yeah, you know, it, it feels, again, live, laugh, love, corny. But if you're 
just relentless. I have to be relentless well, about it. Otherwise, that other that, voice will come through. Well, also, like, the other voice was learned from repetition from mm-hmm. the outside, right? If we're repeatedly mm-hmm. told these senses from the outside, then we start to believe these terrible things about ourselves. So we kind of have no choice but to combat it with the same thing, which is positivity, until yeah. our brains start to learn it just the way they learned all the terrible negative things. I would also just like to remind everyone of a sentence that Matt Haig said on this podcast, which is that, you know, depression and the brain in general can give you fake news. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other reason why you shouldn't wait to want to get better. You just have to move. You have to not trust that brain of yours. It's not always on your side. And right. you just have to look after you the way that you would look after anyone else that you love who's in need. Um, well okay. Said. So we are moving on uh, next. Have you ever had imposter syndrome? And if you have, how have you managed to overcome it? I have said this before. You would have seen it on my fucking Instagram. You would have seen it on, you would have heard it in previous episodes, but it's always worth reminding people in case today is the day that you need this advice. I have learned to treat imposter syndrome because I find it entirely unhelpful. I have decided to treat it as a wedding that I am crashing. Any opportunity is a wedding I'm crashing. I know I don't deserve to be there. Again, leaning into the bad feelings. I like to lean into the bad feelings. It's a kind of, within martial arts, I say sentences like that now because I did six months of training for Marvel. And so now I I speak as if I'm (laughs) an expert, but... In martial arts, like a lot of the best martial arts, you use the weight of the enemy, like the enemy's weight against them and their Mm. strength and their weight against them. And I kind of do the same with negative thought patterns where I kind of lean in. And when my brain is going, you're a piece of shit, you're ugly, you can't do this, you don't deserve to be here. I'm like, yeah, so? (laughs) And And then what? (laughs) Right? What are they, what's your brain going to do with that information? So I I lean into the fact that, you know what, I probably don't fucking deserve to be here, but you know what? No one's worked it out yet. And life (laughs) is short and it's really fun that I'm here and it's exciting. And if it goes really wrong, it's going to be a great story to go and tell Monica, right? (laughs) And to come home and tell my roommates. And so my life is a kind of collage of ultimate triumphs or the best funny stories about my failures mm. ever and so lean in you're the mm. you're at the wedding get the fucking cake snog a person at the wedding like snog a guest yeah. and then get the fuck out of there yeah do your damn biggest you yeah do the damn thing wait until you are thrown out on your ass <laughs> I, that's what i'm waiting for that's why i dare to continue in anything that i'm doing mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to remove me from the premises whether or not i've earned the right to be here ma'am it's <laughs> it's just and, the, and then we know because we can see outside of your body and the yeah. uh, or see outside of you know the lies that are it all you're I can't yourself? see outside the. No, I can't see outside the body. Like no, I can't no, see no. outside, I, I outside was, the eyes. I was saying that, like me personally, can right. S- and like we know you're not going to get kicked up. I mean, out of the party. But I understand like that that choice, and I want to take that and embody that and try that out sometime. That yeah, and also I might well, get kicked out. I have been kicked out before by the 
fucking brilliant time while I was in there mm. and I learned a lot and I figured out the things that I was good at and equally importantly I learned the shit that I was bad at mm. and, and I yeah you know what the best thing is Monica I didn't mm. die I didn't die I didn't like the, the world didn't stop turning the weather didn't change people didn't not all people disowned me <laughs> I'm just <laughs> slightly tweak that uh you know I, I the the, the nothing horrendous happened from me just trying something that I wasn't yet perfect at. Yeah. I, we should allow ourselves more space to fail, to fail, to like learn something, to become good at something. I mean, yeah. I mean, I play, I played softball for like 16 years and I realized that when, when I try other sports that I've been curious about, I become furious because I'm not as good at, but then you really just think and you dissect it. It's like, bitch, why would you be good at golf? You've never been here. You don't even go here. There's no reason that you would, you know, and it's, and, but still I'm like, I feel shame and embarrassment. It's like, no, you should be able to, to do that. It kind of harks back to the conversation of rejection as a form of rejection and failure. Mm. It's kind of, or they're at least sort of tangential or adjacent or some sort of shit big word that means similar um <laughs> but i uh i think that that's really important i know that you struggled with imposter syndrome like i Absolutely. have been a big like sort of cheerleader of yours because i know sometimes i have to step in no i'm not congratulating myself like i'm very no, lucky I... i'm very lucky to be your cheerleader but um but <laughs> but i i know i have to do it because sometimes i i know that that voice is missing from your head. So I have to be that voice from the outside. And I think it's really important to be that voice for your friends and do it enough that they hopefully learn those words of yours for themselves so that even when you're not there, they can think about them. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, that's tell, tell your friends, tell your friends that don't communicate it always. Can I ask you a personal question? Yes. you do not yet have my wedding crasher mentality, right? You you don't no. look at it yet with, um, and we're going to work on that together. Uh, you don't yet look at it with uh, the shamelessness and uh, drive for a miserable, embarrassing story that I have. <laughs> I have still watched you do some mega things, right? And I've watched you sing on stage in front of 5,000 people with my boyfriend. You are going on tour with Marcus Mumford. You're also mm. going to be doing some massive career things with my boyfriend like I I wonder how you've done it how have you managed to take on considering the fact that I know how demonic the voice in your head is sometimes such a rude it's such a rude voice how have you thus far done it (sighs) just for the people out there who also don't share my mentality I mean I think it's sheer intellectual will i mean i really don't someone described this for me it was years and years ago when i was just starting out in songwriting and singing and i was trying to tell them that it was i was like i don't feel like i'm good i feel like i'm all the things and they've related it to yeah it's like you have this vest you have a vest on and you're accumulating little accolades that are go and but they're stickers and they're like stickers on the vest. I think that's how sometimes it can feel for people where they can point to like, oh, I've done this to her. Oh, this person fucks with me. But having that visual was useful to me. And through time, I just 
when I had a bad feeling, I said, that's a skewed perspective coming from a place of trauma. This is the reality. You would not be in this position if when you had the opportunity, you didn't have the talent to actually participate. So just like removing yourself from, from your body as much as you can and just saying, these are, these are the facts. You wouldn't keep getting this opportunity. You wouldn't be hired for this job. You wouldn't be, you know, writing for this or the, if, if you didn't have the skill. So it's slowly becoming integrated. I'm starting to believe it, or at least that conversation is quicker. Yeah, before it's, it would it's be a cerebral overdrive, right? Like, yeah, you know, it sounds like you have great advice for the people who have an inkling that they might be talented and and maybe they can't be objective as to how talented they are. So your advice is to look at the things that you maybe have achieved or can do or have made other people happy with beforehand and use those things to drive you to believe that you could do it again or you can do it bigger, that you have potential. And my advice is good for the people who don't actually think that they have potential. People like me who still... <laughs> don't actually think they're very talented or smart and and that you know what we still belong to all right even if we're not sure even if we've never been given proof no one before I did the good place had ever been like you should act mm. I'd mm. never been given any I had no inclination that that would be something I could do it was yeah. I was literally yeah. an imposter like it's not imposter syndrome it was very much mm. like imposter reality mm. being with Kristen Bell and like Ted Danson and all these people like super talented and so uh so if you are like me and you're not sure and you're trying something completely new wedding crash all right crash it. and if you're if you suspect that you might actually be all right at something use monica's intellectual overriding hack your brain's computer hack it life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Save big money on your next project with help from Menards. Move water where you need it quickly with a Barracuda sump pump. Some pumps keep your basement dry when big storms hit unexpectedly. Get a half-horsepower cast-iron Barracuda sump pump on sale now through May 5th. Hurry into Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Any advice to avoid overthinking things, especially what opinions other people have about you? Is this something you struggle with? Oh, Yeah. But especially mm. regarding other people's opinions. I only say this because you can be quite free and very, very funny. And uh, <laughs> I read you as, even though I know you, like I read you as quite confident in, in lots of wonderful ways. Obviously, oh. I know that you have the things that make you feel self-conscious. Yeah, but, sure. But do, I, you, do, you, do you worry a lot about other people's opinions? I really, really do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I think, I think I do more in my body, if that makes sense. Kind mm -hmm. of the same thing where I know, I know because I did it for years, um, omitting parts of myself to pander to whatever scenario I was in and just be useful to the room, be, um, 
be liked, be welcome, mm-hmm. find a home somewhere, you know, but what ends up, ha- that's not sustainable. You can't do that to, um, eventually you'll be in a space where two different spaces that you've pandered to, they'll be combined. And then who are you? You know, you can't like carve so much of yourself out or off for someone's comfort and still be true to yourself. So now when I'm out and I'm more brazen and I say things that frankly, I've, I'm kind of alienating. I'll just, I'll say that. Ah, I'm kind of funny. Anyway, I can be both, but I realize at some point I need to lead with myself. If I alienate someone, they're not for me and that's okay. Kind of in a rejection sense. Like I think so much of my, so much or so many of my choices for so long were based on finding a safe place where I could just be, but that I, I was forced to change the shape of myself and I don't have those confines anymore, but it's still kind of, you get used to doing that. And forgive me, this has become sort of convoluted. No, but- I think what you said was super beautiful. Like It was really great. The fact that, and, and I think you perfectly worded it so succinctly, which is that do we shape ourselves to in different ways to different people according to what makes those individuals happy or comfortable. And then those worlds combine. And that is the perfect way of wording situations I found myself in so much of the time when I was younger because I've always been so socially uh inept mm. and I've always uh struggled so I kind of almost used to take on the I mean sometimes the accent not in a super problematic way but like the accent the mannerisms the tonal inflections of people's voices I, I used to mirror people um because I thought that would make them more comfortable with me and so and so it was it it took me a while to find people that I felt safe with to not have to mirror them or I could just be my full self. And mm. once I did, once I had the sort of magical 12, my magical dozen, mm. if that, of really close friends, one of whom you are, I was like, great. I, you know what? I just needed a few people to see who I really am and be mm. okay with that. And now I, I'm not going, now I don't need to, keep trying like I think trying to impress strangers I, I trying to win the respect of people who you yourself mm. don't respect not even because you disrespect them just because mm. you don't know them fucking exhausting as something that is heavily heavily placed on women to have the responsibility of doing more so when it comes to you know genders and Absolutely. so it feels like a like a feminist decision to be like I will not make myself palatable and respectable and perfect to everyone I meet because everyone's so fucking different and a lot of them don't have similar interests to me and a lot of them carry themselves in ways that I don't agree with and don't aspire mm. to and maybe it's okay for us just not to be friends as you say you know it's it's the rejection thing of like perhaps we're not for each other and that has been so liberating and taken up so much less of my time and now when I'm interacting with people I'm no longer thinking oh god what do they think of me I'm mm. thinking what do I think of them Right, right, I, right, I'm, right. I'm a grown woman, and I, yeah. I don't, I don't have time. So if I'm going to spend my time with someone, I would like to feel like it is a mutually nourishing relationship, rather than an opportunity for me to perform. Uh, yeah, and so it's very liberating. Slightly judgmental, obviously, but you know we know I'm not perfectly charming. <laughs> um, you've been listening to this podcast maybe for a few years. Some of you, <laughs> you get it. 
I'm flawed. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering, what do I get from you? And women have never been taught to ask themselves, what do I get from this situation? What do I get from this person? What do I get from this thought process? Yeah, We're always taught, nourishing? how can I give? Mm-hmm. How can I nourish? Not can, how can I be nourished? Yeah. And so, so I highly awesome. recommend, highly recommend no longer trying to impress everyone because it's absolutely impossible. And mm. once you fucking like ice skate your way to that on the thinnest device, to maybe fooling everyone into the fact that you fit all of their different facets, at some point that ice will break and the fall will be so tremendous. So why yeah. bother? Find a few people who love you and know you and accept you and then keep it moving. Because as you get older, yeah. I promise you, you will not need more than like 10 friends right it's just too much maybe even five maybe three i need to i may have to make some slices i want to scare some of my homies but yeah you got it <laughs> the social exactly. obligation i need i need i need peace a hundred percent um okay so all right someone said i have complex ptsd from sexual emotional and physical trauma any advice on how I should tell people? I think that's a brilliant question. I think that's a brilliant question that really needs to be asked and isn't asked enough. Um, and a difficult one to answer. First and foremost, I guess we could both agree on the fact that you don't have to tell everyone. You should tell the people that you gauge to be safe, not because you should feel bad for burdening right. anyone with of that information, so. but just because not everyone is safe to receive delicate information not everyone has done the work or has read up or is emotionally maybe themselves stable enough yeah Mm -hmm. what advice do you have (laughs) i'm just thinking about all the time like yeah i lead with it right yeah because because so much and i know i that's you know before i met you before i knew you were an actor like Sorry, I felt so freed by the way you talked about things. Um, I know that's not what this question, but I, I... No, we can hear some nice things about me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... Um, I say that because the way I carry myself and the way I talk about things is frequently... There is a part of me that wants to like put people at ease to disarm them, to feel free to talk about maybe more raw things or just let people, because I think these things happen to way more people than um, not. <laughs> was it? Than not. Yeah. yeah. And, and if more people are free to, to talk about it in a more matter of fact way, then that's more opportunities for people to connect and support each other. But it is, it is hard. It's, and it doesn't always land. And and it's hard. It's it's just hard. I I wish but, I had. But isn't advice. it kind of isn't it kind of special, right? So to to know that it's not always going to land, mm. and to know that maybe you can use that as a shitmas test, right? That's Absolutely. my version of a litmus test, and it is my shitmas test of like if you cannot, I pretty much open with my 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 my, my you know most ultimate madness because mm. I uh, I do the opposite of the kind of 
the sort of used car salesman routine that we're all taught to do where you're like no it's great it runs great it's got barely any my mileage on it I don't really know anything about cars I've never driven a car I can't drive a car so That's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into this analogy too much you know <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it'll sound really shit like the wheels are great um but uh my point is, is that, you know, we do this, this like song and dance of like, look at me, I'm so healthy. <laughs> I'm right, great. Right, right. I'm fun all the time. I love reverse cowgirl. <laughs> I don't find it stressful at all. <laughs> my knees are fine. Um, <laughs> my knees are fine and my anus is not in your face. <laughs> it's just but, um, right there. I'm so sorry. But, but that's just never sustainable. You know, mm. I, uh, I can't do reverse cow, cowgirl. Uh, I get three pumps and then I'm out, you know, I have to tap out uh, and I'm not always uh, up and I'm not always feeling very well. You know, I've got Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. I start every morning in pain and uh, mm. my joints are all stiff like a little statue, you know, and so that's just, I'd I'd rather go in with this, with, without scaring the fucking shit out of someone, but I'd like to... I'd like to enter with the truth and see if someone else can handle it. And frankly, I have to live with this shit, all right? Yeah. That makes me a legend. So are you good enough to, to hang yeah. with me? Also, all the like, fucking lunacy that is in my head that I have to get through every day in spite of and all the things that make me weird and difficult and all the pain mm. that I'm in. So I'm not going to spend time with you if you don't like the the shadowy part of me. If, you don't, if you're only there for the light and not the shade. So I... Th- I like to go, I like to go in with it. And I, I, I tend to be like better and better at judging who is even worth revealing that stuff to me. But as soon as I like someone and I want them to like me back, I want them to like the realest me. Absolutely. Yeah. Think of it less as like a burdensome thing to drop on someone mm-hmm. and more like this is going to increase intimacy and their understanding of how I function and the people that meet you there, that's who you fuck with. Then the people who are going to just like, ah, ah, you know, and, and that's sometimes where people are at. And sometimes obviously that can be hard because you see other things, but they're not maybe investigating the darker corners of themselves or maybe just don't have the experience. But if, again, it's, and it can feel like rejection, especially with all of that in your foundation, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the, when you lead lead with the truth, then you kind of, you get to your people faster. Yeah, and it also kind of gives people, as you kind of touched on there, a bit more context as to some of your behavioural patterns. Absolutely. Um, you know, there are certain things about me that mean that I, uh, I, can't make ta- I can't maintain eye contact for a while when I first see you and I need for us to go on a little walk together or I need yeah. to make you a cup of tea or I need to <laughs> briefly vacuum the house, uh, but I need a bit of time, <laughs> a bit of time uh, you know. Yeah. One day, Jamila, will have to tell people about our uh, brains, our, our brains and also yeah. our mutual hangout where we both got together. And I think it was talked about like, oh, let's have a not wild, crazy, like let's have a weekend night, baby girl. And then come over and we both sat in your bed looking at the wall mm-hmm. in the same direction, didn't look at each other. And then alternated stories I don't know it's just like one of the most peaceful beautiful evenings of my life yeah you're like oh that's why we're friends yeah Yeah, exactly it puts you into context right it puts you into context it helps people understand your behavior and as again you've touched on it lets them feel maybe safe to tell you what's wrong with them 
or not what's wrong with them, what's right with them, what's different about them. Uh, a big part of why you and I fell in love with each other so fast is because we bled out all over each other emotionally very quickly uh, within an hour or so of meeting each other and really and it was just one of those kind of like blood bonds then where forever I was like right you're well that's it you know you're my sister and I'm gonna know you until yeah I'm gonna you're my safe space and I'm gonna know you till I die and I don't think we would have gotten to that place even by now two or three years later had had we not done that so look at it as a beautiful opportunity to bond and a beautiful opportunity to like to figure out who uh who can't hang you know weed out the week yes weed out the week <laughs> it's 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 worth it it's scary you do the hard work up front eat the frog i guess they say what does that mean <laughs> do the hard shit first i think people usually use it for tasks this is polluted you're beautiful bow that you put on it i'm just like eat the frog like bitch why do you have to bring a frog into this (laughs) so sorry well frogs aside um this has been great and i love you so much and thank you you for helping me answer these questions and and for uh putting so much of yourself and your honest truth uh, into your own answers. It's always magical to me when people do that on these episodes. And so I love you and I want for everyone to go and follow you online and go to your shows. She's she's not only the best singer, she's literally my favourite singer in the world. In the world. But she's my favourite voice of all time. But she's also, uh, she's also brilliant and hilarious and amazing on stage. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, You're so sweet. And so, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I wish you all the love and luck on your tour that's coming up. And please Here come I back again. You. I absolutely will. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Aaron Finnegan, and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson, and the beautiful music you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. We also have a bonus series exclusively on Stitcher Premium called Ask Jamila Anything. Check it out. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcher.com forward slash premium and using the promo code iWeigh. Lastly, over at iWeigh, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iWeighPodcast at gmail.com. And now... We would love to pass the mic to one of our fabulous listeners. I weigh being passionate about helping people. I weigh being resilient, even in times when all I wanted to do was give up. I weigh loving people who may not love me back. I weigh showing love to people who don't show love to me. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.